And it's an amazing thing to, 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 be, to have grown up in church and see something in Scripture and know about this certain thing, the certain things that are in Scripture and believe in them and yet not fully understand why they're there. Why God put them there? Why did God do the things that he do? Why did God destroy all of creation when he sent the flood? Why did he do that? Why did uh, he have us build the tabernacle in a certain way, the Jewish people? How, why did he have them do that in a certain way? And why were the certain things that were placed inside of that tabernacle, why were they there? And, and, I, and I started looking at this just one little deal. And I got a little science. It's not a little science project. I'm a sciencey guy. I like science. And so here's a, here's a little science instrument here that we use. And I told Harold tonight, I said, hey, I'm going to burn some incense in church. Harold said, it's okay. You just go right ahead and do it. But, but I want to talk about one of the things that's in the tabernacle tonight. And, and this is, and it's, it's the altar of incense. Now, now, does anybody in here have any idea what the altar of incense represents? Prayers going up. That's what it represents. That's why it's there. The altar of incense is first mentioned in, in Exodus. If you want to, you can flip over, over there to Exodus. It's, it's, it's one of the... the, the Starts right out there. You shall make an altar on which is burning incense. You shall make make it of Arcadia wood. It's a cubit. Shall be its length and, and a cubit its breadth. And, and it shall be square and it shall be two cubits high. What's what's a cubit? Cubit's about 20 inches. So about a 20 by 20. About a 20 by 20 and almost four foot high. So we got this little altar that that and and it's just this is just the neatest thing the top of it is just, it's got to be square uh, it's got to be a certain size and the altar of incense was got to be made out of a certain wood and then they overlaid it with gold and they put the same type of horns on it that they put out there on the on the big altar that was outside of the tabernacle where they made all the sacrifices it had those four horns on each corner of it and then it had some rings the rings of gold were built into the ark so they could carry uh, that or that altar, they could carry that altar with poles. It just slid right through, it and they, whenever the the Israelites moved, they could take that thing with them everywhere that they went. Um, the altar incense was was placed before the the veil in the temple. It was placed in the holy place. See, there was a courtyard, and out in the courtyard was the the altar of sacrifice. This is where the the sacrifices would be made, and between that altar and the and the tent inside of this in this tabernacle that they made was the was the labern, the brass labern, and that's where they cleansed the, the, the priests would clean clean their hands, they would they would cleanse themselves, and then they would go inside of the the little tabernacle tent there, and there was two sections inside of that tent. Inside of that tent was the holy place, and then the and further on inside was the holy of holies. And inside the Inside the tabernacle, there was the, the bread. There was a table of the bread of presence, and the bread of presence was set there on that table. And then on the, on one side, and then on the other side was the was the menorah or the lamp that had the the seven candlesticks in it. And then inside the center of that room, uh, before the veil, was the altar of incense, and that altar of incense set there. 
before, in the presence, before the ark of the testament. And, and if you was here a couple um, couple Wednesday nights ago, I believe I talked about that, uh, that, that, that you should follow the commands of God and, and, and what was the, the ark of testament, what that ark of the testament meant. The, the Ten Commandments were placed inside of that ark of the testament, and then that was covered with the mercy seat. And that mercy seat was what represented Christ. So in this holy of holy places was, was uh, the representation of Christ on the mercy seat and then before him was that altar of incense. And the prayers of the incense went up. Now I'm going to light this thing. We'll hope that the, the alarm doesn't uh, go off. But you'll notice as, as this thing starts to go here in a minute, it'll, it'll burn itself out. And, and then and the incense will start rising. And that's what Aaron, he was instructed. To, to daily burn incense on the altar every morning he was to go and he was to he was to to, to stir up to kindle to kindle the the uh, the ashes that 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 he would take the coals he would take the coals and he would take those coals from a certain place that's in scripture as well and and he would take those coals out of that sacrificial altar outside and he'd take those coals inside and he would kindle he would kindle the altar of incense. And then he had a special recipe. God gave him a special recipe, not just any recipe, but it, was a, it wasn't this. I don't, can't remember what, what flavor this is. But uh, he gave him a special recipe, and he told him to make it a certain way. And, then, and then, then it couldn't be made any other way, and it couldn't be used at any other time because this special incense was holy above all things. And you can see something going on with this, with this one right here. Something a little bit different, isn't there? I'll get to that here in just a second. But Aaron, he was instructed to do what God told him to do. He gave him the recipe for the incense, and, and there was the stipulations that no other incense ever be burned on the altar, and the fire that was used to burn an altar was from the from the from the outside, from the burnt offerings outside, those coals were brought in, and and never was the altar of incense to be used for anything else. It was to be used for just burning incense and burning incense only. He burnt those special incense, and then one day a year, one special day a year, they would go in there and they would take some of the blood from the from the sacrifice that was outside, and they would take it inside, and they would they would put that blood on the horns of the altar of incense. And that was on the Day of Atonement. The high priest would put the blood on the horn of the altar of incense and it would cleanse the altar of incense. And the altar of incense was called most holy to the Lord. The altar of incense was most holy to the Lord. Of course, God primarily des the desire of his people was that they would be holy. And how many times do we see that in scripture? You're, I am holy, so you be holy. Simply going through the rituals, going through the things that were going on. Now, when I was a kid and I learned all this stuff about the tabernacle, I learned it was a pretty cool ark, and Indiana Jones went and looked for it. And, you know, that's the kind of things that stuck in my mind when I was a kid growing up. But, but really and truly, these things have special purposes and special reasons. And including the burning of incense on the altar of incense, it was not enough. 
uh, to make the Israelites right with God. Though all those things that, that, that they'd done, the ritual things that they'd done, wasn't enough. The Lord wanted their hearts to live right, not just their formalities, not just the things that they'd done on a daily basis. And during Isaiah's time, the people, uh, they, were so, they were so disobedient to God, yet they still maintained the temple rites. They still done everything in the temple they were supposed to do. Now they don't do any of them at all. We, we don't have a, we don't have a, a temple. The Jewish people don't have a temple to go to where they burn the altar, they burn the altar incense. They don't do that no more. But more importantly than burning the proper incense at the proper time, was the with the proper fire and the proper implements, was to have the proper heart before God. That was really what God wanted for for His people to have the proper heart. And in Scripture, incense is awesome often associated with prayer. And that's really cool. This is a prayer night. So we're, we're, we're burning incense on a prayer night. And, and that incense, some of it's going up, and some of it's just kind of weirdly going down, isn't it? But, you know, sometimes when I sit there and I watch this thing, sometimes that's how I feel like my prayers are. Sometimes I feel like, is it worth me praying my and, and, if, and if I pray my prayers, are my prayers really ever heard? Sometimes I feel like they just go down. They don't ever go up. But eventually, as you can see with these, it goes up. It eventually makes its way up. Even though it falls down or you feel like that it's falling down, it eventually rises. It eventually gets to where it needs to go. In Scripture, incense, I said, is often associated with prayer. David prayed, may my prayers be set before you like incense. That's what David prayed. May my prayers set before you like incense. I want to open your mind. I want to give you this vision of what your prayers are doing. I want to give you a vision tonight that, that when you pray a prayer, it's going up. It's being lifted up. It's going up to God. And God is eventually going to smell this great prayer. And we're going to learn through some scriptures here just all uh, of what's going on. We, we're, uh, we're, we're talking about... Uh, how this looks like prayer, how the altar of incense would look like prayer. And John, John saw, in Revelations he writes this, and that he saw that the, the elders had gathered around the throne and they were holding bowls, golden bowls, full of incense. And it says in the scripture, which are the prayers of God's people. Bowls of incense burning in heaven. John was seeing this, I believe he was seeing it live. I believe he was seeing it live, live and in person, uh, somehow captured up in this vision that he's seen. He was there, and he's seen these, these golden bowls, and these, these guys were carrying these things around, and the incense was burning out of them, and they were the prayers. Your prayers are being burned as incense offering in front of the Lord in heaven right now. Think about that. Visualize that. You know, I've always, had, I always struggled with prayer. Does it work? Does it, you know... As, I, as I've matured in my Christian life, and, and, and I wasn't a very good prayer warrior at all. I was a poor prayer warrior, really. But, but, I, but I've started to realize how important God sees our prayers. And, and as, as Zechariah uh, was the priest in, in Luke 1.10, you can, you can see that he is burning the incense inside of the temple, and all the people were gathered up outside of that temple. And, and, and they were praying. Before the hour of incense is what the scripture says. The altar of incense then 
It can be seen as a, as a symbol of prayer of God's people. Our, our prayers ascend to God as the smoke, as it rises. As you see the smoke, every time I see a fire now, I think, there goes some, somebody's prayer. You know, it's, it's the old, it's the old uh, Indians doing the smoke signals. That you, you heard that story, hadn't you? They were doing the smoke signals, and, and, and they, there was one on the other, one side and one on the other side, and, and, and he was talking to his girlfriend over there, and it's just a little smoke signal, and, and he, he said something like, I love you. And these little clouds went up. And then there was a, a time went by, and they would continue to, to talk, and they would see the smoke signals go up. This man and this woman, they got married, and they, they were sitting out there on the prairie one day, and, and, and they were seeing a smoke signal go up over here, and all of a sudden, this was during the, this, this was during the age of the atomic bomb, so there was an atomic bomb blew up over there, and this big mushroom cloud come up in the air. And that guy said, boy, I wish I would have said that. So when you see the when you see the smoke going up, it it, it really it means something. It, it's it's more than just it's more than just smoke. You know, you old, heard the old saying, "Blowing smoke." Well, this your prayers aren't just smoke. You're not just blowing smoke. You're offering something to God, and God wants to hear from you. Our prayers ascend to God as the smoke of the incense ascends in the sanctuary. As the incense was burned from the, from the fire of the altar, the burnt offering, our prayers must be kindled. It says, our prayers must be kindled with heaven's grace. That's a great saying right there. Heaven's got a lot of grace and a lot of mercy. And those prayers that we offer up, they need to be kindled with that grace and that mercy that God offers to us. The fact that the incense was always burning meant that they should always pray. Luke, uh, Luke 18, 1. Luke 18, 1 says, And he told them a parable to the effect that they ought to always pray and not lose heart. That was Jesus talking to his disciples. He taught them a parable that they should always pray and not lose heart. What about 1 Thessalonians five seventeen? What does it say? Everybody knows this one, I think. Pray without ceasing. It's the second shortest verse in the Bible. Pray without ceasing. We're not to ever stop praying. In the morning, when you wake up, kindle the fires of prayer. Kindle those fires and start lifting those prayers up to God so He can smell the sweet aroma of what you're bringing to Him. The altar of incense was a was it was holy to the Lord. It was atoned for with the blood of the sacrifice. It is the blood of Christ. It is the blood of Christ applied to our hearts that makes our prayers acceptable to begin with. There's no other reason that you can pray. You know, and I often said it, and I often tell people this. You know that the lost often ask you to pray for them because I think they realize that they can't pray for themselves. Because God does not hear the prayers of the lost people. He hears a prayer of repentance from the lost. And then once that person repents from their sins, then he'll start listening to all their prayers. That's what the scripture tells us. But our, ours was paid for by a price. 
the reason we get to pray was paid for by the precious blood of Jesus. That sacrifice that he, he performed that day when he died upon that cross, that was what was pleasing. Just think about that for a minute. That was pleasing to God. Although I'm sure it broke God's heart, it was pleasing that his son offered himself to die on the cross for each and every one of our sins. An amazing thing to be thinking of. An amazing thing. The altar of incense can also be pictured as the intercession of Christ. Think about the altar of incense. You think about this, this smoke that's going up into the, into the air just, just as it was. Intercession of Christ. Just as the altar sacrifice in the courtyard was a type of Christ's death on our behalf, the altar of incense in the holy place was the mediation. It's a type of mediation of Christ on our behalf. Christ's work here on earth and in heaven, it's, 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 it reflects both of them. His work here on earth, his work that he's done in heaven. And the altar of incense was situated before the mercy seat, like I said before, before the ark of the, of the testament. It's a picture of our advocate. Think about that for just a second. That altar of incense is, is the mediation of Christ between Christ and God. Inside of that altar, it was separated by a veil, and only certain person could go in at a certain time and, and perform the ritual that had to be done, the blood that had to be put upon the mercy seat of Christ for the atonement of the sins of the camp. But now, all of that's gone. And this is what's so great about the fact that Jesus is our mediator. Hebrews 7, Hebrews 7, verse 25. Consequently, it says, He is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through Him since He always lives to make intercession for them. Incense was was burnt continuously on that altar of incense, which shows the perpetual nature of Christ's mediation. It shows that constant. It was burnt from sunup to sundown, and then from sundown all the way to sunup. It never stopped burning. It was always to be kept burning. God says, make sure that this stays burning. Why would they want to do that? Because it shows the perfect picture that Christ is always in place. He is right there intercessing for us on a daily basis. It's on a minute-by-minute basis. It's on a second-by-second basis. You can cry out to Jesus Christ anytime you want, and he's there at the right hand of God intercessing for you right now. Every time you need him, Romans 8.24 says, Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who rose? Who is at the right hand of God? Who indeed is interceding for us? Isn't it beautiful to know that God considers the prayers of believers to be like a sweet smell, like a sweet aroma, like a sweet incense that's burning? Because of Christ... It's all because of Christ that we can now, we can enter the throne. We can go before the throne of God above. 
We can go into His holy presence. We can go into that place. As Mark 15, 38 says, and as, as Rob said this morning, that veil was torn from top to bottom. It wasn't from the bottom to the top as if man done something. No, it was done as if God Himself tore it. And it was God Himself who did tear that veil. No longer is that veil between the altar of incense and the Ark of that Covenant. No longer do we have to apply the blood to the Ark of the Covenant anymore, the Ark of the Testimony. That blood doesn't have to be applied no more. Jesus applied that blood at the cross for each and every one of us. And now, by faith, we can pray to Him and thank God that we can. We can enter into the throne room of grace. We can enter the throne room of God and we can offer up those petitions to Him. We can ask for that prayer. It's Hebrews 4, 16 that, that says, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace. With confidence, we can, we can bring our petitions to the Lord. We can, we can come to the altars. We can come to these altars. These aren't, just a, these aren't symbolism. This is just like the altar of sacrifice. This is just like the altar of incense. These, these are the the receptacles that we have placed in this church where you can come and you can with confidence and bend the knee and pray to God offering that sacrifice of praise, offering that sacrifice of repentance and offering those petitions of prayers that we need to pray for those who are sick around us. All the petitions that we need to bring to God, right. we can bring them right here. I talked to somebody the other day and they said, man, Dave, I'm, I'm just scared to go up there. I'm afraid that, that people are going to look at me like I've, I've done something wrong. Well, those people probably need to come up and repent if, they're, if, you, if you think that they're looking at you that way. But I don't think that anybody in here does that. I think that people know that, 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 that there's sickness that's going on and, and, and people are really concerned and, and, and we need to hit these altars more. We really need to be in the altars as much as we can be. And that's why we have this prayer night. So we can pray. So we can offer our petitions up to the Lord. So we can send up that sweet aroma that's so pleasing to Him. Think about that. That's why we come and we gather on a Sunday night to pray. So we can offer up that sweet incense to God. So He can... He can smell it. Because of Christ, we can now enter the holy presence of the Lord. We offer our prayers upon the altar. We trust in Jesus, our eternal, perfect, and faithful high priest. We give him those. Hebrews 10, 19, and this is what I'm going to close with. I told you it's going to be short. We're going to get out of here early. Hebrews 10, starting in verse 19. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus. You remember they used to tie that rope. It's not, it's not in the scriptures anywhere. So if you, if you want a Bible verse that says, where did they tie the rope on the priest and when they went in in case he died because he entered the holy, holy places, if he had some kind of sin in his life that he forgot to repent of, then they had to have that rope on there. And they also had a bell on them too. So he's kind of like an old cow walking with a cowbell on. He walked in there. If that bell stopped ringing, they start pulling. 
That's in the that's in, that's in the that's in some of their 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 documents, some of their their Sepugin, I think it's it's in the Sepugin or something, but it talks about them tying that rope on there. But we can enter it confidently. Confidently, we can enter the holy place now. We don't have to worry about having a rope tied on us. No matter what we've done, no matter what sin we got in our life, we can enter the throne room of God and we can ask for forgiveness for those sins. Amen. And by the blood of Jesus, it says, and by the the by the new and the living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh. His flesh was torn, just like that curtain was torn, so that we could be restored to a relationship with God. No longer do we have to have a priest. We've got one. His name is Jesus Christ. And since we have a, a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full of assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from any evil consciousness that is and in our bodies, washed with pure water. And let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. For he who promised is faithful. And then it goes on to say, now let us stir one another up in love. Because of all this great stuff that we have, we can stir each other up in love. You know, that's why we, we tell our, you know, I tell my Sunday school class and we, and we tell others that, hey, you see somebody go to the altar, you go up there with you go up there and you pray with them. You stand by them because how else can we stir up another one if we're not standing beside them? How else can we know that we care, they care that we care about their problems and and what they're going through if we're not there standing beside them? So tonight, have you entered that throne room? Have you? been able to walk past that veil that's now torn. You know, I, I would think that on a Sunday prayer night that everyone here knows Jesus. But there might have been something that convinced you otherwise tonight. I don't know what that may be, but I'm going to have Pigeon come and play. We'll have a short invitation. But we want to give you a chance to respond tonight. I want to give you a chance to pray tonight. I want to give you a chance to come to the altar. And offer up that sweet incense before the Lord tonight, before we leave. Father God, we love you. Thank you so much for your word, what your word means. How powerful it can become in our lives if we allow it to. Lord, I just pray for the one person that may be here tonight that's lost and undone, that doesn't have Jesus in their heart, that needs Jesus to come in tonight. Hopefully they're listening to the, to the Spirit that is talking to them right now, saying, you need to give your life to me. If you don't know how to do it, we can show you how to do it. We can lead you in a prayer that you can pray. Remember, it's not the prayer that does anything. It's the person that you're praying to that does everything. Who has done everything for us. 
Tonight, Lord, I just pray that if there is that one person here tonight, that they would come and give their life to Christ. An open invitation. But as I know, many of the people that are here tonight are Christians, believers in you. Let them come before the the altars of the Lord tonight, before the throne of God tonight, to lay down their petitions to you so you can smell that sweet aroma that rises up to meet you from our prayers, Lord. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. As the musicians play, the altars are open. Come. Come and pray and lift up those prayers and petitions tonight. Come and pray for that new year that God's getting ready to to put upon us. Tonight at midnight will be 2024. An opportunity for you to come and pray, to ask God, what is it you want me to do this year for you, Lord? What is it you want me to do? What would you have me do, Lord?